Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. (laughs) We give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. Ah, you like uh, Star Wars? Um, I got some good news. I'm working on the uh, three prequels, the first three chapters. Oh, really? You're going to do the finally? Oh my God, that's awesome, dude. I'm so excited. I can't wait. With your host, Pete. Well, hey, you say you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, do you like Darth Vader? I fucking, I fucking love Darth Vader, dude. The, the helmet and the cape with the sword. That's great, man. Is he in the first movie? Uh, yeah, in the first movie, you get to see him as a little kid. And Greg. Uh, is he like a little Damien Omen kid, like evil and killing people with his mind and shit like that? No, he's just like this little kid, and then he gets taken away from his mom, and he's very sad. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. Uh, I don't really care about him as a little kid at all. At all. At all. I, don't, I just like the helmet and the sword and the cape. That was, was kind of cool about him. You look really sad. I, dude, I gotta say, I'm pretty fucking sad, man. That sounds awful. I, that, that all just sounds like shit. And we're back. We're back for more Star Wars-y fun revisionist-isms. So you survived two episodes. We're gonna take you all the way to the end of this thing with us. What is wrong with you? Seriously, I, what is wrong with anyone listening this I, far? They just don't like leaving these things unfinished. Apparently not. So anyway. Been too well trilogy trained at this point in society. Indeed. We've got to get to the end. Indeed. <laughs> and this evening, I am R2-D2's third wheel. <sighs> and I will be uh, Ben Kenobi's flask. Uh, yes. <laughs> the drunken homosexual <laughs> bastard known as Ben Kenobi. <laughs> whoa, whoa, this Des is doing some interesting stuff. Wait, wait till we get to the middle section called Has Been. <laughs> <laughs> the drunken bastard living in the desert for 20 years watching after young boys. What, the story of what really happened to Ben in the desert. <laughs> As he chased after Baru and beat up Watto on more than one occasion. <laughs> Backed up all kinds of <laughs> drunken, disorderly charges across all of <laughs> what? what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's, another, that's another time. Indeed. Uh, that, that business, that's, that's another business. All right, then I'll, I'll give you the, the, the perfect setup then. Previously on Star Wars. When last we left our heroes, they were in the midst of some deep shit. Uh, you mean poodoo? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> um, we had had the Dark Jedi, I believe is where we started out with, who had been uh, captured at the end of Episode 1, uh, get sprung by Palpatine's agents. Uh, Anakin had chosen to join up with the military who was tasked with hunting down and destroying these Dark Jedi who were running around Uh, sowing seeds of discord throughout the galaxy. Obi-Wan decided that he couldn't let his friend uh, go off to war, even though it wasn't something that he himself totally believed in, but he joined up just the same. 
they went out and engaged in various battles in which we slowly hacked away bits and pieces of Anakin, uh, making him more machine than man. Uh, meanwhile, at home, Padme has become pregnant via Anakin, and we had left it open-ended as whether or not the births took place at the end of part two or the beginning of part three. So the the uh, dark Jedi army is running amok here, and uh, you've got the army of the Republic uh, trying to track them down and disable them. You've also got, uh, alternately, both Obi-Wan and Palpatine uh, sowing their version of wisdom uh, into Anakin. Uh, and Palpatine is winning out because he, let's face it, he knows a little bit more about the Force than Obi-Wan, at least certain aspects of it, and those are the aspects that Anakin wants to know more about. Well, remember, we have the our version of the Jedi Order split down the middle. You have the pacifist spiritual monk sect, and you have the warrior ninja monk sect. And Palpatine is on the warrior side, and Yoda's on the peaceful pacifist side, and so Palpatine is cluing in to the the urges of warriordom in young Skywalker. All that is true. Making it crystal clear and it's good to work into the recap. And we have the discovery of the clones by the Republic. Uh, it's during this battle that Palpatine uh, himself would apparently appear to die. Uh, his body is lost, but hey, we can't let go of this crazy guy. So uh, his spirit, the essence of him, transfers into a new clone body, which he has prepared with the help of his Dark Jedi. Anakin is basically summoned and called uh, back to Mustafar or goes to Mustafar. Uh, to meet the reincarnated emperor obi-wan follows him and um during the course of this what is meant to be the final battle involving palpatine uh anakin does something surprising at least to obi-wan and turns on the guy he backs up palpatine he sides very clearly with palpatine and obi-wan escapes and returns to coruscant to let the jedi know what has transpired uh, yoda representing our more pacifist side, uh, rises up and calls upon the uh, remaining members of the order here that, you know, there's basically a time for peace and a time to stand up and fight, and that's pretty much where we left off, I believe. Yes, we have the big final moment where everyone stands up and holds up their lightsabers and Yoda yells some sort of crazy general speak. <laughs> <laughs> and we iris out to do 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 boot the the medi version yes <laughs> we iris out to the medi version all right now i i think we i think we've tried to come up with titles for the previous two did we i don't recall i don't i, I remember us uh talking about how uh, the second one should have simply been called the Clone Wars. <laughs> well, this one can be the fall of Vader. The darkening. Fall of the Jedi. And then 
it can be. It can be like poetry, you know. We go back and have Return of the Jedi, won't we? And the Fall of the Jedi. Okay, we got it. <laughs> All right. So, I don't know. Fall of the Jedi. Eh, works. Let's go with it. Exactly. All right. <laughs> you go for the ones that are right in front of your freaking face. Oh, we're or we're just really, really lazy. Clone Wars, Fall of the Jedi. We're telling you what's in the movie. Otherwise, it's called The Empire Strikes Back, because that's what they did. Or we could be even more lazy. Episode 3, more stuff happens. <laughs> more Star Wars. Because <laughs> George makes a dollar for every time the word Star Wars is used, so if he uses it twice in a title, ho-ho, watch out. Episode 3, the end? Question mark. <laughs> The end of the beginning. That's classy. Yeah. We came up with an opening scene idea of who we like to now affectionately call Vaderkin as he is leading a band of, I don't know, like a special forces squad that's part of Palpatine's army. Again, we are wiping everything clean almost. We're... we're wiping out the expanded universe to suit how we're going to manipulate these stories because we can uh well copyright says no but we can anyways palpatine it's it's our fake story people yes exactly (laughs) which would really be awesome if someone wanted to do it the idea is that the word the name sith is something that palpatine can come up with that he's not actually a member of the order or anything. He actually comes up with the name Sith to use for his army that he has created of his... Voldemort's Death Eaters. Yeah, he's created a literal clone army. All of the clones in the cloning facility where Palpatine was resurrected into his ugly, nasty emperor-looking clone are full of clones that he had tried to make previously that all did not have force ability or whatever. So that's why he called Anakin back in episode two to help him get into the clone body he now inhabits because he needed a piece of Anakin being one of the strongest in the force Jedi that is in existence, Anakin Skywalker. Anakin's losing body limbs left and right, so he took Anakin's finger and that that gives all the force ability. So it's the first time that the Emperor, that Palpatine's moved into a clone that actually has force ability. But his I own. need all of the force in your little finger. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the force in your left testicle and it'll be fine. <laughs> so Palpatine now has a clone that was able to transfer the force ability but the rest of the clones he's been trying this for years so he has hundreds maybe thousands in his special army that are clones that he created that did not have force ability because he never was able to figure it out until just now how to get the innate force ability the midi chlorians if you will to transfer oh, sh- over sh- that's gone yeah whatever uh <laughs> Not in George's way, but whatever. So he has an army, and a special forces kind of version of this army is something that Vaderkin is now 
he's on his way in a mission to take down a Jedi that has fleed to the he's he's hunting down Kit Fisto <laughs> and his tendril head somewhere on some distant world, some distant jungle world. In, insert planet name here. And an idea I had that I don't think you were on board with, but I thought mm. was kind of cool, was that part of this squad could be a young soldier who left the Republic Army to fight with Palpatine, and his young soldier's name is Boba Fett. And he wears the uniform of his ancestry or something like that. And so he works in the special squad for Vader. And here's the total nerdgasm that somebody would have watching our version of episode three is to have Vader see Boba Fett killing somebody in a battle using disintegration. So in Empire Strikes Back... There's actually he knows meaning. what he's talking about. There's meaning when he points his finger in his face and says no disintegration because he's got a history with this dude. <laughs> I know how this goes when you yes. get unleashed. So the idea being instead of the Phantom Menace version of, hey, look, it's Jabba the Hutt for some reason and there's sand people shooting at pod racers. No, this would be, hey, there's Boba Fett. Or is it Django Fett? I can't. Oh my god! (laughs) No, it could just be a young soldier because who knows how old Boba Fett is in Jedi? He could be up there. Who knows? Who cares? Could be. be. Uh, Here, here was another idea that got tossed around here before we started recording um, of a possible way, and this may be just too much shuffling of the deck here, but. we we were kind of talking about the idea too that the initial attack that we see we see it from the without realizing it initially we're seeing it from the Sith's perspective and we just see people like sneaking into somewhere to unleash a uh, surprise attack essentially and we just assume it's going to be the bad guys assume it's going to be a Sith but it turns out to be kind of picking up where we left off with Yoda's call to arms uh, the Jedi attempting a more you know, aggressive militant strategy to you know rid the galaxy of this dark army, this dark force before it can spread. Again, just depending on what direction, uh, if we were writing this as a script or if we were actually filming this, it would just depend on what kind of direction we uh, wanted to take that opening scene in. Is all so. boiling down that our idea opening is stealing from Revenge of the Sith's general idea, but really making it better, (laughs) is that we're in all-out civil war here. Soldiers from the Republic Army are switching over and following Palpatine. Some of them are still trying to follow the... I guess now the Jedi are trying to take over as the leaders of the what's left of the Republic Army, and the Senate is split as far as who is in charge of this army and who's what's the goal of this war and Palpatine has a very distinct goal he wants to eliminate all the Jedi get the Republic every single Jedi (sighs) well Order 64 (laughs) Order 64 is a sub sandwich that he wanted one day (laughs) Order 65 (laughs) with a coke Uh, what the hell's an six- aluminum falcon? <laughs> Order 66. Oh, kill the rest of them. 
so he wants to kill the Jedi and ultimately take over this disintegrating Senate. So he's not in there as some weird chancellor who's taken power forever and Hitler-esque. No, he's going in and he has a plan of how to militaristically take down the Senate and take over as an empire, not just stand up and say, uh, no reason to look at the security tapes. We're just going to go ahead and say this is an empire now. So, uh, done. Great. Uh, here, here, this actually brings up an interesting direction that we could exploit one way or another or just leave it alone. Okay, the Jedi... Uh, in in kind of the existing prequels as they're written, uh, several times have the opportunity to kind of acknowledge or bring up the fact that, you know, there's stuff going on that they don't have a good grasp on or that they are experiencing kind of collective moments of weakness that they know that they're getting played to a degree and every time that uh, that notion is brought up, usually a Yoda kind of comes back and says, you know, oh, it's a really bad idea. Could the Jedi, in a sense, uh, because they are now kind of pledged to getting rid of what they see as this rising evil, could they uh, still be not sharing information with the Senate? And so uh, there's distrust being born on that front as well. Because uh, they don't understand exactly what's going on from their point of view. Some of this trouble is apparently, you know, you've already got these dark Jedi running around. Uh, some of it could be misconstrued as being caused by the Jedi Order. Their house literally is not in order. And they don't, you know, have the information about the fact that Palpatine, who has been a trusted member of the Jedi Council and a visible presence... Uh, two members of the Senate, they don't, you know, know about his turn and transformation and all of these things. The Jedi are kind of covering that up. They're trying to deal with this as quickly and efficiently as possible, but that that method of trying to handle it could backfire on them ultimately as well and alienate them even further from the Senate, making it easier when Palpatine does come back in and say, you know, it's been a Jedi plot. They've been behind this. They've been looking to stir up trouble or take down the galaxy and I'm standing up for you the citizens of the Republic and I will make sure that this becomes a strong, safe place to live a empire well sure, and we have that covered a little bit in our notes this is something where <laughs> use the security footage this is a, a highly technologically advanced place I'm sure they've got security cameras everywhere <laughs> Use the, the fact that, you know, Palpatine has been cloning Jedi. That's his army, as his dark Jedi. Well, we can, he can actually manipulate his own guys. I mean, his own, his own army is full of guys that look like Jedi Knights, but they're clones of the Jedi. They're the dark Jedi that follow him. Mm-hmm. So use security footage to show to the Senate and say, here's what the Jedi are doing and show his dark Jedi slaughtering people <laughs> and say, here's what the Jedi are doing. And you can see an image of Yoda or maybe maybe Yoda's clone is Yaddle. Oh, so Yaddle dear. is evil. <laughs> Yaddle is evil. You've just been dying to dust that puppet <laughs> off. <laughs> Yaddle is evil. There's a shot of bad Yaddle clone <laughs> is, is 
just slaying people. And Palpatine has a little grin on his face because he can't help it that he wanted that to happen anyways. But he shows it to a senator, just an individual senator or something, who then starts up the cause and says, we really need Palpatine to lead us. We're losing leadership. I put forth an amendment that says that Palpatine should be our new leader, supreme leader. Misa propose. It, sure, he shows the footage to charge our banks. And then immediately after well, the Jar Jar Binks... Fine, that's how it actually happens in the existing prequels. Exactly. And then Jar Jar Binks is beheaded, and that's... It's over. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Uh, Anakin, in secret, tries to contact Padme to get her to join him and bring the whole fam... Bring the children... Well he should only know bring the child with her and they can you know get out of coruscant because it's it's going down and padme doesn't really care for this guy much anymore i mean the whole idea being it was just this teenage romance it wasn't this lifelong oh i deeply truly love you idiocy that we've talked about at nauseam so she has no hesitation about going to obi-wan and saying, Anakin tried to contact me. What should I do? This guy's insane. He, sa- he says... <laughs> He's that, a stalker! I, oh. He said that... I mean, she goes to Obi-Wan and says, uh, you know, he told me that he... that they're coming to Coruscant. The army, the bad guys are coming here, and they're gonna take down the city, and what do we do? And Obi-Wan doesn't know what to do, and then he realizes, well being the good guy that he is he needs to get padme off this planet if they're truly going if they're truly going to be a coruscant battle so padme is about ready to give birth or she has already given birth or well no maybe she can give birth after she leaves and that's where that, that might be a little bit easier yeah and he can go to senator organa and say i i have it on a tip that uh we're in for some shit, so can you go home and save me an apartment on Alderaan for, so I can come in, like, 20 years? The mountain views and a pool would be dynamite, buddy. Because the last thing I want to do is really end up in any sort of desert. Uh, that would really chop my ass. <laughs> so so he, he sends Padme off with jimmy smiths to go back to alderaan <laughs> and have her babies and get them away and i can make vader kim even more pissy when he finally does show up and he's looking for obi-wan and he's you know he gets to coruscant and this is jumping ahead but a night a good scene could be vader can sh- hunting for obi-wan on coruscant kind of a cat and mouse game as obi-wan's trying to lead him towards a trap or something and then when when Anakin realizes that Padme is gone, I just imagine his relationship with Padme at this point is one of those teenage, completely one-sided things. She's moved on from it. But okay, she, well, I, I've, I've got a question moving forward from this point. Uh, we have Anakin actually killing Padme in this version of the story. Now, if we rush her off to Alderaan or wherever, are we still following through with that, or...? Well, we could backtrack and just have Obi-Wan saying, get her off this planet, but they don't leave in time before Anakin shows up. So 
she's getting ready to leave with Bail Organa, and hell, it could be somebody else. There could be another Rick Ali. There you go. <laughs> Just another contingent of senators or somebody that Obi Wan says, "Can you get this girl off this planet?" Mm-hmm. And Anakin kills them or destroys their ship, and Padme is left there in the rubble or something along those lines, and then Jimmy Smith's to the rescue. As well as as long as Jimmy Smith is involved, <laughs> well, always. <laughs> I, I can only hope. Should we do the whole keep her alive just enough as an incubator until the kids are born? Um, kind of a situation where she's already, she's she's a goner, but they're gonna somehow with the Star Wars universe technology keep her alive long enough to get the kids out, or does she have the kids and then face him down? I don't see her having the kids and then facing him down. Yeah, I would see her as wanting to protect them rather than go after him at this point yeah so she's just i mean that's a dramatic twist she's just about ready to get off the plant off a coruscant and out of harm's way but it's it's not in time and because anakin and maybe anakin was even testing her when he makes contact with her he says you know we're we're coming saturday and then he shows up on thursday I mean, it could it could be you know again a plan laid out by his mentor basically, and it's like you know Anakin still has these feelings for her, and uh, Palpatine can be you know sitting there being the little devil on the shoulder and you know whispering into his ear, uh, you know that she will betray you. You've moved beyond her as far as your power goes, and you know this is kind of an easy way to prove his point that she is not loyal to him but rather to, you know, Obi-Wan and his side and everything. So stoking the jealousy fires a little bit here. I don't see Palpatine either caring or really knowing that Anakin has these feelings for Padme or, or has Well, remember, kids. remember, I'll, I'll, I'll throw something out here. Um, in the explanation that the Obi-Wan glowing ghost character gives to Luke in the swamp there in, in oh, yeah. the Jedi, he says the emperor knew as I did that if Anakin were to have any offspring, they would be a threat to him. Yeah. So I, I think he would very much be invested in, you know, okay, I want to make sure this goes badly. Okay. <laughs> Put this guy under my thumb. I, I think he would be engaged. And I think he would be, you know, kind of like what I was saying. I think he'd be wanting to, let Padme kind of be her own undoing. I mean, he's twisted this guy's mind around so much at this point. Uh, her own actions, uh, understandable or innocent as they may be, um, would be misconstrued, would be seen as, you know, validating what it was that Palpatine was preaching, what he was saying. Yeah, and it could be, I see your point. So following that logic, Anakin tells her in some secret message Maybe he doesn't even have like a phone conversation with her. He just sends her a a singing hologram message. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what C3PO does in the third movie. Yeah. He shows up and just starts singing. <laughs> <laughs> now he sends in the R2 in, in his R2 unit, he sends a message to oh, there Padme. You go. There you go. Nice and little he, up there. And he says, 
Padme, I just want you to know that um, you're in harm's way, so we're coming to get you out so you can be with me forever and not be in danger, and we're coming Saturday at noon. <laughs> and then, you know, he can talk it up. I'm, I'm taking a risk telling you this, you know, make it make it sound as if he's possibly leaving the door open for some kind of reconciliation with the other side, even uh, the fact that he would be willing to take this step in secret to contact her because she's so important. Yeah. And then we cut back to where Anakin just finished the re- making the recording and Palpatine standing behind him and puts, his, puts his arm on his shoulder and says, good. <laughs> She will be safe with us, young Skywalker. She will be safe with us, Lord Vader. By the way, did I tell you that I've named our group? (laughs) I've named our group the Sith, and you are now a Dark Lord of the Sith, the bass player. (laughs) I've named our band the Sith. (laughs) That's when Anakin leaves. Puts him over the edge is when Palpatine talks about naming the band. <laughs> we were called the Dark Lords of the Sith. We play heavy metal. <laughs> all, all this was about starting a band. Absolutely. <laughs> That's when he knows he's working for a crazy guy. <laughs> we just needed a good person who had force capabilities to play bass. So. Uh, back right. on track. Getting away from the rabbit hole of insanity. Well. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> so suddenly, Palpatine talked about making a band. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> and the whole trilogy ends with a big rooftop concert on top of the Senate. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> it's, the, it's the awesome '80s version ending of the of the trilogy. Uh, they sing Brady Bunch tunes. Um, anyway, <laughs> well, that would be evil. <laughs> stop, stop the auction. We have the money to say that. We have the money to say that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So back to that. Anakin. They fly into Coruscant, and Padme is getting ready to be taken away, and that he can have a big old pissy explosion moment and it's not a Hayden wooden Christensen moment of yeah it's more one of these um maybe Obi-Wan said okay respond back or something and find out where he is and using Padme as bait almost and then trying to get before she gets off the planet he has her send a message back saying um where are you? I'll come to you or something. And so Anakin thinks she's on board. And when he lands on Coruscant, he sees her getting ready to fly away and get the hell out of Dodge. And she's got the little red bandana full of sack on a stick over her shoulder. as She's getting ready to hitchhike her way off Coruscant. (laughs) She she becomes a pregnant hobo. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. She's getting ready to hitchhike off of Coruscant. Okay. All right. That's when he can have a moment where it's it's his way of dealing with it which is not healthy or good but his way of dealing with it is to get pissy in a moment of pure and utter confusion and what he feels is real betrayal not you walked off a ship and obi-wan just happened to be in the ship no you lied no 
It, I, I think it'd be good if she actually had some like Jedi guards around her and kind of in this moment, for some reason, my mind is tripping back to uh, the fight um, in Cloud City between Vader and Luke uh, after they've kind of gotten away from the carbon freezing area and gone through that little tunnel. And this is before Vader just starts pulling stuff off the wall and hurtling at Luke and everything. And he's just kind of standing there and you hear that slow buildup of kind of the noise uh, before anything starts to go. That kind of power and that kind of anger kind of resonating. And we see him basically just without lifting much of a finger as far as a lightsaber goes, like just tearing these protectors, would-be protectors to pieces, showing you know, how powerful he has become. Yeah. yeah it's almost like uh, the Watchmen. Did you ever, you never saw Watchmen? No, I never saw the Watchmen. Where Dr. Manhattan has just all the power in the world, and there are certain sequences where when he's in Vietnam, he can just point at some Vietnamese soldiers, and they just explode. They just literally explode. It doesn't have to be as graphic as that, but it could almost be something along those lines where he just, by just standing there, they just start ripping apart, and he takes out the entire guard in under five seconds, and in the crossfire, she gets injured. Mm -hmm. And another shot that I can see, actually, is when he first lands or he first sees Padme getting ready to get on this ship or whatever that these senators are going to be flying away in, Obi-Wan's there and almost like a see you later kind of a thing gives her a hug or something and that's the one it's it's like an episode of Three's Company. There's a misunderstanding <laughs> for some reason because of this one shot. So the one shot Anakin sees Obi-Wan give Padme a hug as she's getting ready to leave and that even adds more to his no! <laughs> you, you son of a bitch! <laughs> So they that's when they can start fighting again, or Obi-Wan runs from Anakin when he sees that everyone is destroyed, or I, I don't know, I'm talking about well, we have, okay, well, we, we have her kind of, you know, going off, uh, trying to get away, uh, you know, Anakin and some of his guys, can, or just Anakin, can you know, ambush and sabotage that. And while that's going on, since we said, you know, hey, I'm showing up on Sunday and he shows up on a Thursday, uh, why not just have, you know, Palpatine with the rest of his forces start attacking the planet? Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, so that's kind of a side sub, yeah, it's kind of a side sub thing going on with Anakin and Padme. Um, You know, Obi-Wan may literally have his hands full. Uh, he may not be able to get over there uh, when this attack gets unleashed. Yeah, and Lucas always loves, and it's kind of a, a model of Star Wars, is for several different points of one major battle to be seen at one time going concurrently. Mm-hmm. But we don't overwhelm it like the lunacy of Phantom Menace. We just have Anakin, Padme, Obi-Wan-ness going on, and then we have Palpatine's army leading a full-on, full-fledged attack on Coruscant. There could be a space battle that ultimately comes down to the surface of the planet, and we just have two parallels. It doesn't have to be anything more, just two things going on concurrently. And however it's going to work out of... uh, I guess it's the one thing that we would need to figure out 
how we're going to stay with what is supposedly canon. Mm. The whole idea of Anakin and Obi-Wan fought on the side of a volcano, and that's how he became Darth Vader. I mean, that's that lore from years and years ago. Well, we this, is the, why, this is why I was saying if you had... Obi-Wan knows where, you know, Padme is headed or where she's supposed to be. Uh, they get attacked, uh, you know, very short time span between when they get attacked and Obi-Wan's like, okay, I got to get over to here. And when the, you know, larger force of Palpatine kind of unleashes hell on Coruscant. And so he can't get to her. Um, and he gets to her after the fact. He finds her, you know, basically dying um, there. And, um, you know, maybe they save the children and Bail Organa, you know, takes both the kids at that point. And uh, Obi-Wan realizes that the war, at least on Coruscant, has been lost. The rest of the Jedi have been forced to flee. They've just been completely overwhelmed there. Uh, but... Uh, he knows that, um, or finds out, or whatever, that Anakin has returned or is returning or will return to Mustafar. And maybe he lays in wait for that to happen, or maybe he heads right there. Um, but I, I think there's ways to get him back there. Yeah, to, to get ultimately to the cloning facility. Mm -hmm. that That's where we need to end up at is... Obi-Wan needs to see if he can destroy the cloning facility. Yeah, because that, you know, if, if we can somehow stop them from being able to keep growing endless amounts of troops, then there's still a slight hope. Uh, and, you know, instead of having Yoda duking it out with Palpatine jumping around on flying saucers in the Senate, um, you know, what if Yoda comes with Obi-Wan to uh, Mustafar to try to destroy the cloning facility. So what what we've led up to here is that Anakin in his rage landed on Coruscant, killed all the Jedi protect the protectors around don't have to all be Jedi. Killed protectors. Oh, they all have to be. Killed protectors around the ship that had Padme on it, not just we're getting Padme off, because in our world Padme was just a wasn't a senator, she was a office worker for a senator <laughs> so we have a whole group of people who are getting ready on a, sh a shuttle to get off the planet kind of an evacuation of the planet she was just in the group so the rest of the group can be wondering what the hell is this guy attacking us for mm -hmm. and they all just are innocent victims who get killed by Anakin's rage and he ultimately does Padme in to the point where she's just barely left alive so that when Anakin and Obi-Wan go off and whatever their chase is, however we get them off planet um, to the point where I think maybe Obi-Wan and Yoda decide they need to go and destroy the cloning facility. And it's one of those decisions of Obi-Wan thinking, well, he needs to stay here and fight Anakin. And Yoda tells him, you know, you need to go and we need to end this thing together or something. And then Anakin can somehow sense it and follows him to Mustafar. Yeah, that would work too. And then Bale and a couple of other... Bale and Mon Mothma find Padme and 
get her into a smaller shuttle that flies off that they get her into the small uh shuttle from the beginning of episode four that flies off to uh to, to Alderaan so that she can have her kids they can use her as an incubator on the flight there and she has the kids on the the way to the way on the way to Alderaan yeah I mean that that all kind of adds up and works I think so and so our big our big dumb ending is going to be <laughs> on we, we still have the attack going on on uh, on Coruscant now where is Palpatine in this mix should he even bother going back and hunting down should Palpatine even bother going to Mustafar or should he be solely intently focused on I'm in I'm in my element now where I get to take over the throne so screw you all I I think he dispatches some of his underlings I mean his strongest guy is Anakin um you know and that is essentially the role that in the kind of larger universe that uh, Vader started out fulfilling was hunting down any remaining Jedi and, you know, spreading the order of the Empire. So I think he would just, you know, if he feels that he's got control of this guy already um, and he's eliminated the threat that is Padme and knows it and everything, I think he'd, you know, gladly just send Anakin off to go handle you know, any last-ditch efforts on behalf of the Jedi, he knows they and the surviving ones might try to go and destroy the cloning facility. So he would have, you know, prepared for that contingency because he can foresee everything. No. Remember, yeah. we don't we don't have foreseer. <laughs> I, know, I'm I'm, I, I kid, I kid. I, I imagine a sequence where Palpatine has taken over whatever the throne room is of Coruscant. He has now taken that over. He has a little powwow in the midst of the battle with his his underlings, including a absent-minded Vaderkin here, who is his mind is completely on the fact that he just killed Padme, that mm-hmm. he's pissed off and he can't find Obi Wan, and he's mm-hmm. trying to get out. But Palpatine has him there as kind of a lieutenant. He's got several lieutenants there, and can include other characters that we haven't created here. But in the writing of a screenplay of this, we'd be able to create one or two additional characters that would return here that we've seen. And Palpatine says, the remaining Jedi have fled the planet. I need you to track them down and wipe them out. And then Vaderkin is all up in arms, and Palpatine says, I've saved the special ones for you, Lord Vader. And sends him off to after Yoda and Obi-Wan, who are going back to Mustafar. Yeah, that that works but then, yeah i to answer your question i don't see palpatine running back to me so far i no, see him i see him trenching himself on coruscant and i know. see him sitting in his throne chair after everyone leaves he's just dispatched his lieutenants he sits down in the chair it turns around to face a big open window where coruscant is burning mm-hmm. yeah and he has a big smile on his face. <laughs> Good! <laughs> As Coruscant burns underneath him. And then Anakin goes back and fighty, fight, 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 fight. Yoda tries to take the cloning facility down as Anakin catches Obi-Wan. Yeah, and maybe, you know, if we said that 
several of these guys get sent out after the remaining Jedi, maybe Yoda has to tangle horns with, you know, two of them. And so he gets sidetracked and can't help uh, Obi-Wan with, you know, dealing with Anakin when he shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow they have, we'd have to figure out how to split them up so Yoda can't come to the rescue. Lord Tyrannus comes and oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> this is where Darth Maul can show up. Oh, that'd be cool. Darth yeah, Maul is one of his lieutenants. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd actually like that. Exactly. He was just a warrior, but now that Palpatine's renamed the band the Sith, the lead <laughs> guitarist is now Darth Maul. <laughs> Formerly Larry Jones. <laughs> But he got a face tattoo. Got some face tattooing and got those decorative horns glued on and good to go. (laughs) Exactly. So Darth Maul and Dooku take on Yoda. Or Yoda can end up facing his evil clone Yaddle. Uh, that, that, might, that might be a little too goofy. <laughs> he ends up fighting himself. He's no match for himself. He's no match for himself. Oh. And then Obi Wan and Anakin have their battle as Obi Wan is trying to destroy the Corning facility. Anakin is trying to destroy Obi Wan. Obi Wan has to protect himself, and it doesn't just become a choreographed. Let's go over here and lightsaber fight now. Let's go over here and lightsaber fight. Now. We're practically swimming in lava, and we're yes. not being affected by yes. it. Yes, we're 15 feet away from lava. We should be melting by now, but we're fine. <laughs> and there, and more to the point, one thing that we said coming out of Revenge of the Sith that mm-hmm. has to happen in our film. There has to be visible, physical damage done to both of these guys. There has to be singed robes and blood and cuts and bruises. And Obi-Wan's hair has to be out of place and not perfectly (laughs) combed. There has to be some sort of misshapenness here. You, you You want realism to the moment. Yes. Oh, okay. another thing I think we should go way back in, uh, mm-hmm. we've completely forgot about, but is the fact that uh, because he's now Vaderkin and he's not Anakin, that means that we've been steadily chopping his limbs off or giving him grievous injuries. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot this and stuff. the idea was that at the beginning of our episode three, I mean, he essentially would look like what Bane is going to look like in Dark Knight Rises. He should be bald. He should have a mask on his face because he suffered some sort of lung injury. Uh, (laughs) I don't understand you, Lord Vader. So the final they get the they get the mask just so they have a proper sound system so they can understand him. There you go. But you know he's to the point now where he's got a costume department could have a lot of fun with the way. Oh Vader, yeah, the, the evolution of it. Yeah, definitely. Pre helmet Vader, <laughs> pre full mask Vader. We still see his eyes. We still see his nose. He's he could be bald because his hair got singed off. All rise in the presence of pre helmet. Yes. And he doesn't have a full plastic suit on, and I just had a, a light bulb idea of at the end of this battle where Anakin is left basically for dead, and it's got to be more than just, I'm just going to leave him here now. He's got to be completely left for dead, and 
it's not Palpatine who shows up, but it can be just the droids at the cloning facility bring him in and there could be pieces of armor or something like that so that it's not some magical he was always destined to look like this. The cloning facility just has the pieces and parts to put him in an iron lung to keep him alive until Palpatine can come and get him. Mm -hmm. So the idea being that he is essentially just left for dead and he's not Palpatine's already done his twisting and turning of this guy he's already destroyed him yeah we need no Frankenstein in every other way possible here this last step is Anakin's choice yeah we need no Frankenstein moment the the moment should be Anakin is almost dead or he should be maybe clinically dead and Mm -hmm. the the robots the, the, the droids in the cloning facility drag him into the facility and their directive is do what you can to keep this guy alive until Pal- Palpatine can get back. Oh, oh, I'm gonna throw a monkey in the run- in, in the works here for a se- second. I'll mention the in the works here if I can talk. Uh, <laughs> can't seem to get that sentence out. Um, <laughs> why wouldn't the if if the droids are in a cloning facility and this is someone who's uh, horribly injured, why would they put him in an iron lung? Why wouldn't they just say, okay, well, we'll put him in stasis and we'll grow him a new body and then stick him over in that. True. True. Or maybe, you know, maybe they kind of do put him in stasis and bring him out and uh, to the point where they tell him what they're going to do and he you know, chooses not to have a new body. He chooses to be that scarred thing uh, because he does feel, you know, here, here's a nice little tie, and he does feel some guilt over what he has done. I am there is still that. some good in him, and so some of that... Um, is kind of his own punishment. Is his, his own, own punishment. Self-inflicted punishment. Yeah. Hey, a character moment. Yeah, a character moment. How about that? Yeah, why, you know, why dance around it? Why he's there? I mean, the the choice could have been, you know, made uh, rather than having it made for him. But that that is a penance, essentially, that he chooses. Yeah, so they they start to clone him and he has the arm reach out. No. That's where the no can come in. No! <laughs> I will be, you know, I don't know, however he says it, uh, it, not necessary or something, I don't know. No, I mean, it, it can just be, you know, rebuild me or something like that. It can't be clone me or yeah, you know, just don't put me back into stasis. Just or, keep this alive or something. Yeah, Definitely a character moment there that could be tweaked, but that's... Uh, and then he's in the suit full bore. But up until this point, it's not like he just looks like Hayden Christensen and suddenly he's Darth Vader and we cut to credits. No, he's he's steadily, slowly but surely had different prosthetics and he has a mask and he, he just is considerably looks cooler than ever. Than, he hasn't looked like Anakin since the end of our episode one. Yeah, he's been slowly shipped away. 
yeah to this point he's been battle hardened through episode two and now in episode three because of his fight at the end of episode two with obi-wan he lost his hair he required a uh, some sort of a rebreather mask or something not a full-on iron lung but something got you know severely crushed he lost another limb so he's got a robotic leg and he wears black so yes and it's just dynamite at parties exactly uh, <laughs> um all right, being being the uh, co co creator co writer in this in our effort here, uh, can I can I pitch in a, something that I don't want to see at the end of ours? Rock. I don't want to see the Death Star. Exactly. I don't want to see the Death Star. <laughs> Unnecessary. That well, the only thing you could possibly see is, and I think we we did talk about it. I'll have to go back and listen to uh, our episode two. I think we did throw out that there was some sort of planning around that. That there, there was, could be dropped lines or something. I mean, we could like legitimately that. just do nothing more than what they did in Attack of the Clones. Here's mm-hmm. a little hologram image of what we're planning. I I'd be fine with that. Yeah, it the, just some the fact that it's that it's out there, um, you know, as as a potential idea is one thing, but yeah, no, not. <laughs> It's not necessary. <laughs> no. No, there'd just be some little dropped hint here or there in episode two or at the beginning of episode three. And it's just going to be a part of the master plan of Palpatine or something. But but I think ultimately that leads us to where we need to be with this. And mm-hmm. that is that he is now a fully on in the Darth Vader we know. Um, Obi-Wan can fly back and meet up with Bale's ship like he did in episode three and Bale, you know, the difference can be that, okay, well, Obi-Wan just found out that, oh, I thought Padme was dead. Wait, there are babies here? Shit, we're kind of doing what they did anyways, aren't we? Hey, I got got a question. (laughs) Hang on. We're totally screwing this up. Our whole idea was we were going to have the baby, the kids around for longer and we're doing the exact same thing that Revenge of the Sith did. Kids just showed up at the very end. Well, um, I, something else that we haven't addressed that just popped into my head here that gets very loosely glossed over at the uh, end of the existing episode three is Qui-Gon oh. um, is mentioned as suddenly showing back up in Yoda's head, apparently, and yeah, but remember the secrets. But remember, we don't have Qui-Gon. I, I know we don't, but... Do we need to in any way, shape, or form address how or why uh, by episode four, Obi-Wan is able to, you know, kind of ghostify himself? Uh, Because he saw (laughs) Palpatine do it and thought, that's cool. (laughs) So he... What if if they capture one of these dark Jedi and, uh, you know, Yoda does learn some of these secrets uh, that have kind of filtered out um, or that, you know, this guy knows. And, you know, they use it in a little bit different fashion than Palpatine used it. But, uh, you know, this idea that your essence is not destroyed completely. 
uh, is something that carries over. The way that we could address the whole issue of how exactly they learn how to manip manipulate the force so that you know they're not completely obliterated but kind of become a part of it and an extension of it in a different form and everything, which is essentially what they are when they're glowy, ghosty people, is um, that Yoda in his battles captures one of the dark Jedi. The guy's like grievously injured, but they basically use the guy for information and that's kind of where that knowledge come from, comes from. So the idea of, you know, taking something that has been used for evil and turning it into something as a tool for good type of thing is kind of a powerful idea that um, you could exploit and kind of play with. Yeah, and it's something because we, both, we have both Yoda and Obi-Wan at the cloning facility where this has kind of taken place, mm -hmm. then that's where they can gain this knowledge. Yeah, and I mean, even if we didn't want to haul an extra guy along, I mean, maybe maybe Palpatine does have some kind of, you know, record cubes or something like that that they take and kind of delve into type of thing. And that can be another yet another reason why uh, Palpatine over the years is so obsessed with trying to track down any remaining Jedi because he knows that stuff was taken from that cloning facility that could, you know, get used against him in the future <laughs> Yoda and Ben are on the ship and how do we ever find out what Palpatine was up to and Yoda can just give him a big grin and say took his shit before we left I did <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a whole stack of books and stuff he's like <laughs> I stole his shit from his room did I <laughs> Good notes he took. <laughs> <laughs> and then there has to be, and then we, we end ours similar to where episode three, Revenge of the Sith ended, um, but with more logic behind the reasoning. And the reasoning being, here's a kid, I'm leaving ghoul. Yeah, exactly. We have to split these kids up. It has to be something more on the lines of Bail Organic and not being the Force Jedi dude can say, well, I'll take both of these children back, and we will raise them on Alderaan, where she should be. They should be safe. And Yoda can say something along the lines: uh, Obi Wan could just nod his head and say, "Yep, pretty, pretty much." And I'll be in battles and ready to fight. And and then Yoda can be the one who makes a statement along the lines of, uh, "Stupid you are." <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, too much force in one place that is or something something yeah, like that. It, it, it could be that it could be the fact that you know palpatine is going to continue to be a threat that um you know this guy we we could see some examples of this guy you know beyond people getting killed in cities burning we could see some examples of some of the you know paranoia and kind of looking over your shoulder stuff that went on in the empire and um you know, the fact that maybe Bale already is realizing that his life is going to be radically changed as far as, you know, his movements are always going to be watched, his communications monitored. You know, all of a sudden he's got two magic kids show up out of nowhere type of thing. And, yeah, that whole force strength and everything, it's like, yeah, it's just not a good idea here. Not all eggs in one basket will do, dumbass. <laughs> Plus, if, uh, you know, we, we keep the canon and 
uh, Anakin was under the impression that there only was one kid to begin with anyways, um, and somehow, you know, through the Force, one child is tracked down, then you've still got that hope for. Also, on another front, kind of Obi-Wan, who's pushing, I mean, he he wants to believe that somehow, in some way, maybe in the future, he could get through to Anakin. I mean, obviously not now, but, um, you know. And then, obviously, he was friends with Padme and was you know, feeling indebted to her memory and everything with making sure these kids are safe and protected. And then Obi-Wan can be the one to say, Well, I got this crazy brother who lives <laughs> on a desert planet. And... Uh, no, just, uh, I'll, I'll take the boy back to where his roots come from. He must have family there. Mm-hmm. And 20 years from now, when we come on episode four, well, obviously he found the kid's family because he found Baru Bug Eyes and Owen. <laughs> Bug Eye Denim Lapel and Uncle Owen were hanging out, sucking water out of the air, and now they get to watch after Luke. Good times. Yeah, I mean, and why Why would Anakin, or why would Obi-Wan, if he was trying to protect Anakin and these people, you know, obviously he trusts them, or why Anakin Luke? Why he was trying to protect Luke? Uh, you know, why wouldn't he tell them what Anakin became? Which <laughs> type of thing. So you know, it's like, hey, you're, you got to realize what I'm asking of you if you take this responsibility on the fact that you know this guy could potentially come back and you know. But we do it like Revenge of the Sith in our own way, where it's all it's all music. You can't hear any dialogue or anything. We just see, we just see Obi Wan in in the distance pantomiming to Owen and Baru. What <laughs> Vader looks like, <laughs> so, that he, so that we get the idea. He's telling him what Darth Vader looks like. You just oh, see him man. pantomiming in the distance. <laughs> the big cartoony ending. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we come to a very similar ending that Revenge of the Sith did, and hopefully through our three stories here that there's some form of cohesion that means we actually had something decent and if digital animation were an easy really quick to jump in and do computer program i'd probably animate this and put it up on facebook but... ooh, ooh. or or listeners if you are someone who <laughs> is good with digital animation and you want to tackle this for us there you go Bring help us bring our our version of this story to life. So hit us hit us up on the hindsight Facebook page. Hit us up on the web page. But that's it. Fourteen, fifteen, some odd years of thinking about this crap together, and we've come up with hopefully, at least in my mind, sounds like a cool story. Damn, I'd still like to see it definite better version just from a cool factor <laughs> well we we took out we took out a lot of the uh kid elements that you had in the first episode uh we we tried to strengthen the character motivations uh, behind their actions and some of the logic behind why what happens happens obviously we've got people who love the prequels and or love aspects of the prequels and i mean 
you know, there's, uh, as we've said, there's things that we enjoy still about them. But, um, you know, this is, I think, an interesting exercise, an interesting way of looking at uh, these characters in this world and kind of, you know, different ways it could go, which is the whole point of the show. So, Absolutely. And so join us for our next outing when we redo Annie Hall. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm leaving the 70s. <laughs> Exactly. We'll find something else on our next fantastic installment of Hindsight is 2020, and I will forever drop the name of R2-D2's third wheel. And uh, tip of the flask from Obi-Wan. <laughs> or C-3PO's balls drop. <laughs> All right, goodbye, everybody. Oh, edit that out, please. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right if we haven't horrified you we'll talk to you later okay, bye. <laughs> don't forget to like us on facebook episodes can be downloaded on itunes or at enceladusliterary.com opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of enceladus literary Okay, but ah! <laughs> we paused because I had to take a leak. You got a problem with that out there in podcast world? I, I got a problem with it. Thanks for sharing. Right. <laughs> sharing violation, fifteen yards. <laughs> <laughs>